Welcome to the Accessible Yoga Podcast, where we explore how to make space for everyone in the yoga community. This podcast is brought to you by the Accessible Yoga Association, a nonprofit organization focused on accessibility and equity in yoga. Hi, I'm your host, Jeevana Heyman. My pronouns are he and him, and I serve as the director of Accessible Yoga. And I'm your co-host, Amber Carnes. My pronouns are she and her, and I serve as president of the Accessible Yoga Board of Directors. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to the Accessible Yoga Podcast. This is Amber Carnes. My pronouns are she and her. I'm here with Jeevana. Hey, Jeevana. Hi. How are you? That's a um, complicated question these days. <laughs> In this yeah, moment, right. I'm good. I have everything I need. Um, I got mm-hmm. uh, my bank account is above zero. I'm healthy oh, zero. in this moment, so I can't complain. But in the long run, I have been struggling a little bit. I'm in the midst of some big life transitions. Um, yeah. I'm getting a divorce from my husband. Mm. We've been in a relationship almost 20 years. And so this week I'm moving into my own place and yeah, it's, I mean, we're on really good terms, but it's still really hard, um, and emotional. And I feel like I'm starting over in a lot of ways, but I'm grateful to be alive and have the opportunity Mm -hmm. to start over. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Yeah, I know. I've been thinking so much about you and it's, it's a lot, it's a lot to go through. I mean, Yeah. Although the part of living alone, that part sounds really good to me. <laughs> and not to make light of it, but... Yeah, I know, right? <laughs> yeah. No, no, it's hard. It's hard when you've been with someone so long to imagine life without them, actually. Right. You know, my uh, my father-in-law just died. And, um, you know, I think, yeah, my husband's parents, they were married for over 50 years. And I just, it's like part of it is just routine like you just get so used to being with somebody and that's there it becomes part of you part of the way you think it's almost i can see his mom is like almost just can't imagine yeah life now right you know yeah i mean i think in any kind of like long-term partnership relationship like that whatever it is you you know you grow into and around each other you know and you mm-hmm. kind of grow up together so it's big changes but um, you know, with change comes new opportunities. We'll see how it goes. Yeah. How have you been? I'm okay. Yeah, there's just a lot going on around here with that, with his passing. And then, you know, my daughter just <laughs> being 16 and keeping me busy. <laughs> and, um, you know, but I'm okay. I think, um, it's kind of a sad moment for me, like in the U.S. right now, like, yeah, you know, with the conservative Supreme Court making some scary changes. But, you know, I'm also trying to keep calm mm-hmm. and keep calm and carry on, as they say, like actually think about how to make change. Like, what can I do personally? What can we do as an organization? Um, to actually address these issues rather than like, I'm, it was interesting at first I got so upset. Like I couldn't even think straight. I just watched myself get so angry and, and anger is good, but right. I was really dysregulated and I felt really, I just felt bad. Like it almost made me feel sick. Mm-hmm. And I, and I noticed how it was impacting me, my body and my mind. And I was like, wait a minute. This is part of the way the system functions, which is to make us weaker. And so, like, I guess 
I've been thinking about that a lot. Like, how do I use my practice to make myself stronger, but be, being careful not to be bypassing, not to be ignoring it and being like, oh, it's okay. You know, it's going to be okay. Do you know what I'm saying? Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, I'm just trying to find that balance of like self-care and action. For sure. I think for me, it's like anger is always like, uh, you know, pretty <laughs> readily available emotion, but without direction, often it, I feel like it just um, kind of does more harm than good to me. You know what yeah. I mean? Um, so I know what you mean. Like uh, there's yeah. that balance between like feeling your feelings of the moment and acknowledging, you know, that this is a big deal and also not becoming completely, you know, mm -hmm. uh, I guess like rendered <laughs> motionless by those same yeah. emotions. Like we still have to. Right. Because it lives. feels like it's like a double whammy. It's like you get the, you get this negative thing, this bad thing that's happening, that's going to really impact other people and, and yourself. And it just feels really painful and upsetting. And then there's like your reaction to that thing. Do you know what I mean? And like that's yeah. either could be, it can make stuff worse. You can make yourself feel worse. And I feel like that's part of what, that's part of what people don't see. I think about having a marginalized identity and like how these kind of rules have this, like, it's like a vicious cycle. And that's why I think you see so much around, I, I see a lot of um, yoga for people of color around rest and restorative yoga. And like, that's why that's so important is just like people who have a marginalized identity who are oppressed, finding a way to care for themselves, ourselves. I mean, I, as a queer person, I feel that way. You know, there's some talk about taking away marriage equality. And it's like, I've been there before. Like I was with Matt way before marriage was legal and like we did it, mm -hmm. but it's just, just so it's just, uh, that's not even the part that's upsetting to me. It's just more like, the fact that this country, it, it feels like there was some kind of evolution going on, like we were moving forward and then it feels like we're going back again. Well, like I mean, the, you know, the things I've seen is like shows that like, you know, the majority of Americans do support um, choice. The majority of Americans do yeah. support reasonable gun laws and stuff like that. But our government system is broken, like clearly <laughs> if yeah. a mi minority of opinion can sort of like dictate the laws of the nation because of this loophole that we created a long time ago, like how functional is the government really at representing the people it's supposed to represent, you know? I mean, it's not, it's not, it's not. And so. it's just upholding. It's just upholding it. That's what the government does. It upholds the current system, yeah. you know, the status quo. And so that mostly I think it has to do with power and money. Um, you know, but that's, it's so frustrating because so many people will suffer and are suffering because of it. And it just, it's so infuriating. And I know I think about my daughter too. Well, both of my kids, but for her right now with like all that anti-abortion garbage and you know, what is her, what is her life going to be like? I don't know. And yeah. any, anyone who is forced to have a pregnancy, it just, it's unbelievable me um and like i you know one thing i'll say about that about the whole anti-choice thing is that i adopted two kids you know and that adoption is not the answer like i hear some people say that on the right you know just put the kids up for adoption and that's such bullshit <laughs> because 
because it's just not like that. <laughs> yeah. It's not like that. Adoption is, well, we did free adoption, but adoption can be expensive. Having kids is expensive. Any way you look at it, it's not simply the answer to abortion is a bullshit argument. And adoption is great when it works out for people, but it is also very complex. I mean, I could say a lot more about adoption, but yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. So how are you coping? Like, <laughs> do you have well, practices like said, that are grounding you? Do you like, what do you tend to do when everything sucks? Yeah, actually I've been practicing more, you know, like that's what I was kind of starting with. I was saying that I, I was feeling guilty about it at the same time. Cause I'm like, Oh, am I just doing this to avoid my painful feelings? But really I've been trying to take care of myself. So I have been doing, I've been really trying to find time for all of it, for meditation, asana and exercise. And like, you know, well, you and I both know we love biking and like that's become an essential part of my practice now is like getting on my bike every day or almost every single day um, to be out in in nature. Mm -hmm. And uh, yeah, I wrote a blog for Accessible Yoga last week about how when I was biking the other day, um feeling so bad. And then I just kind of looked up at the sky and I just had this moment of like, whew, like the immensity of sky and space. Oh my God. And now all those amazing photos are coming out from NASA, you know, right? it's just, it kind of puts it in perspective. And again, that can be kind of a, a bypassy thing, right? Like avoiding it, but also it's the truth. And the truth is that we're part of something much larger. And sometimes that helps me get out of my head. And I, I wrote that I was writing about how, um, one of Patanjali's sutras about, uh, actually it's book two, number 47. It talks about the way to practice asana is by, um, reducing our natural tendency for restlessness and meditating on the infinite. And that always, um, kind of mm, had a lot of meaning for me because I feel like when I can get to that space of like something bigger, it helps me to feel calmer. It helps my mind quiet down. Do you know what I mean? I do. I like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's like zoom what out. What are you doing? Oh, what am I doing? Oh my gosh. Yeah. What are you doing? You care for yourself. Um, You're going through a lot. I am you going a lot through going a lot. On. I feel like, you know, the news uh, is definitely in my face, but it's also kind of in the background as I just like deal with my immediate life right, right. now and a lot of like logistics of of what's going on at the end of this relationship. But I also, um, I've kind of tried to just double down on like really basic stuff, like drinking water and getting sleep, (laughs) you Mm -hmm. know, remembering to eat, um, just so I can like kind of function. But I've also found that like, for me, um, it's funny you said zoom out because I kind of like zoom in (laughs) and that when stuff feels overwhelming, like the stuff that's going on at the national level, um, I kind of like, have become more locally involved as far as like, I don't know, my activism is looking a little different and, um, you know, getting, I love what you do. Let's talk. Wait. So I know you're raising (laughs) money for somebody. Well, I mean, it's kind of funny. Like I, like you said, I ride bikes a lot. And so I've really become sort of like deeply immersed in the bike culture here in Baltimore. And if you follow me on Instagram, you will notice it's all bike (laughs) content. 
Um, not just having fun all the time, but that's. And they're like, like, "What do our followers think?" (laughs) Yeah, I'm like, Amber, what did you say? I'm no seriously, like, what are people saying to you? Because I'm like, wow, but it's like Amber's bike reels. They aren't saying anything to me. No, no, I feel like my account is just turned into Baltimore bike account, (laughs) but it's fine. It's the only part of my life I can deal with right now, so that's what I'm showing y'all. Um, but no, for real, uh, I've gotten to know a lot of the people here and a lot of them are kids. (laughs) They're like middle school and high school kids who are these amazing athletes. But, um, you know, it's like, it's become this little like local community and these kids like ask us for help and need need our help. And I think, Mm -hmm. um, are really sort of like. The kids of Baltimore, I feel like there's a lot of like hate toward them, whether they're like the squeegee kids on the corner or the kids that ride bikes or whatever. And I don't know. I feel like the world that we are like, we've kind of messed this world up for these kids. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Like the world that like if I think about. I don't know. I didn't grow up with active shooter drills in school and I didn't I didn't have like the looming threat of climate change in the way that these kids do. You know, it's like um, so for me, I don't know, like I've really found myself kind of trying to uh, look out for them and build capacity for these kids and make connections for them when I can, because I remember, I don't know, when I was a kid involved in like punk and hardcore like one adult with a few hundred bucks could have like made the whole difference for like all of us that were trying Mm -hmm. to like do something together and so i don't know i'm kind of like on the lookout for those types of opportunities and um and starting a few little things locally that i don't want to talk about yet but that's amazing (laughs) though i mean because like i think that's the best kind of activism yeah. Is connecting with your local community, people who like your neighbors, you yeah. know, and well, yourself, your family, your neighbors, mm-hmm. like we need to start there. It doesn't have to be like this giant thing. Yeah. You know? Yeah. I think that that's how you make a huge impact, though, locally like that. I, I love it. I love what you're doing. So I don't quite know where the end of that is or where it's going, but I'm trying to, you know, keep focus on where I can affect change because a lot of times it feels like we're powerless to do so, you know? Right. Right. But like, if you can help a few kids around there, that's amazing. Yeah. The impact you can have, I think. Um, I mean, I love it. I love your real account. I mean, you're you're real. Yeah, y'all check out my Instagram if y'all want to see what I'm calling it. What we're doing. I should call it. What I mean is it's Amber's reel of wheels. (laughs) Wheel reels. Real wheels. (laughs) Reels and wheels. Oh, God. <laughs> I hope none of them ever anyway. listen to this. They'll be so embarrassed. <laughs> I know, right? I'm sure. I doubt, I doubt they will. That's it funny. seems like a different different community. Most but definitely. It's nice I don't that think we they've can... ever listened to a podcast or know what one is. They'll be like, can y'all get to the point? <laughs> yeah, right. Um, oh, my God. I know teenagers. Whew, I got one. I got one myself. Keeping me real, keeping me honest. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, no, I I love that. It's it's great to work with young people. Oh, I told you, I had a dream about you that you were teaching high school. You know, it's funny. The other day, my mom told me that I should be a school teacher since I wanted to work with the youth. And I was just like, I can't. Mm, I, yeah. I don't think I'm cut out for that, um, but I respect 
Thanks very much. Yeah, especially these days, right? I know. <laughs> Y'all are amazing, and um, I don't want your job. I'm real clear on that. No. <laughs> no, I know. And now you have to, like, learn how to protect kids from armed invaders, too. It's like, what about just teaching them? Yeah. Oh, my God. So I'm saying this world is not set up for them to be successful. So we got to do what we can when we can for the youths. Anyways. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I guess I expected more from my generation. Like I remember when we were kids, we were doing that punk stuff. And now it's like we're in charge and we're just letting the status quo keep going. It's like, is that what happens that you get old and you get conservative and you, you start worrying about money and power and all that? And it makes me sad because yeah. I really had hope for our, my generation changing the world. I know a lot of people have done great work, but I feel like we're still in the same place, yeah. at least in the U.S. Or there's these cycles and we're about to go back into one that is not. Oh, a... God, no. Yeah. Oh, boy. OK, so let's change the subject. <laughs> I just The world is a dumpster fire. And what are we talking about on the podcast? <laughs> well, we're trying our best to uplift interesting stories and educate ourselves mm -hmm. and our listeners around, you know, kind of compelling information and um, educators working in this world of accessible yoga, which really is about what we're talking about. You know, it's about connecting yoga to these um, issues that we're actually facing in our lives, you know, like. Right climate change and racism and um, power imbalances. Um, and I feel like we've been doing that pretty good. This is our this is our season wrap up episode, I guess, if people don't know that already. <laughs> um, it's been an amazing season. I mean, it kind of it feels like it's been a bit all over the place. But also, I know that there's some real themes that have come through. Right. You know? Yeah. Um, one of the themes that we were talking about this season was um, community care and how that applies in a lot of ways. Like we talked about it in the context of COVID, um, but also in like sharing power with your students and the idea of collaboration within community. Yeah. Well, like I, I was going to say that's related to what you're talking about with your bike community there in Baltimore. It's like there's something about being with a group of people and then finding a way to um, kind of grow together and support each other that I feel like happens within yoga classes too, if we allow it to. And I think it kind of depends on the teacher, but like, right. you know, can you, can you be in a space, can you create a space in yoga that's um, fosters growth and collaboration and um, exploration versus come into a space where it's, where it's really just about this like top-down teaching. Yeah. And it's kind of boring to me. Yeah. And I mean, I think that, you know, over the past couple of years, like so many things have shifted and changed about yoga. And I'm hoping that this is one of the things that shifted mm -hmm. direction is that as we, um, I think like the more yoga has moved online or, you know, had to move into more creative venues because studios have shut down or yeah. whatever, right? Like that, um, 
is tough, but it also fosters this sense of creativity. And I think a lot more sort of buy-in from students that have either stayed with the community and had to pivot along Mm -hmm. with whatever the teacher was doing or have helped to co-create whatever the new thing is, you know? And um, I've been really interested to see like how that shifted a little bit from the sort of like yoga celebrity teacher, you know, person in the spotlight sort of model, right. Where it's like, we follow this person who, you know, is a celebrity sort of thing versus like the types of leaders that kind of lead from the back and like the community is the thing. Yeah. Which I think is a really cool thing about the accessible yoga community, because a lot of, a lot of us, um, have been teaching that way and, and, thinking that way. And now to see things, I think, I don't know if it's like a, a sea change, but maybe it is to see. I, more I think it is. And I, you know, but it's like, it's hard to know whether we're just in the middle of it. So that's all we see. But I, I've been really trying to explore what's out there, especially through social media. Like I've been following a lot of the accounts that are the very extreme asana accounts. And I've been having, I don't know if you've seen on my Instagram reels when playing with that remixing things yeah do you <laughs> yeah. want to talk about that for a second for people yeah who it's like <laughs> i just um i had this idea that one day i was i came across one of those accounts and i had this strong feeling of like almost frustration like that this is what people are seeing and i just think oh god if people still think that's yoga when we can make it anything we want. Like we can make it work for us. And so I thought, well, I, would, I can see, I just learned about remixing and I'd started doing that with, with some other accessible yoga friends we were doing. I was doing these chair yoga poses and then asking them to remix them. So I just, I asked Kino, Kino McGregor, who I kind of know, I reached out to her and I'm like, can I remix your reel? And she's like, sure. And so I took one of her like real complex ones on the beach and I did it in a chair and it was so fun. And now I just can't stop, but I don't know if, I don't know if it's that helpful, but I wanted to show like that yoga is an internal practice. You don't have to be a gymnast to practice, right? Literally, actually, it's been funny. I've been, so I've been following a lot of these accounts now and a big number of them are actually contortionists. Like they actually say that yoga and contortionists. And I was like, oh, wow, that's like really honest. You know, like I was like totally into that. And I, and I also have been admiring them. I'm like, that is some serious stuff they're doing. <laughs> you know, right? like I kind of push it to the side. I'm like, that's intense. Like they're really pushing their bodies. I'm like, that's kind of amazing. And so I guess I, I guess I wanted to, I, I want to embrace all of it. Like I'm, I'm not wanting to be against them. And also so many of them, right. like I reach out to them usually when I remix their reels. I've done probably about 10 of them now. There's almost all of them are just so sweet. I'm like, oh, thank you. And like, that's so cool. And they've shared it or something. Mm-hmm. Like I got a woman today who was just like so excited that I remixed her really intense reel. And I was like, that's so sweet. Like, I, you know what I'm saying? Like we have this false binary that there's like two yoga worlds. And I really think it's more just like we're in this moment of, I don't know what you call it, contemporary yoga that is a very complex world. It's a very complex yoga world with lots of different things going on. And I think actually the majority of what's going on is what you were just talking about, which is people in their local communities, either online or in person, 
running group classes, bringing people together and sharing their love of yoga. And I think that story is not being told enough. Um, and it does feel like a sea change. I don't feel like there are these huge yoga stars that are leading anymore. Like I don't, I mean, I'm not following them. I don't know. Right. Um, and I, I hope that accessible yoga has been part of that in terms of, yeah, democratizing the practice, you know? Yeah. I like that term. I, I know you've used that before when talking about, um, accessible yoga and I agree. Like I think demonizing, you know, people mm -hmm. that can do advanced asana like defeats the purpose. And it's not like any form that you make with your body is, you know, morally good or bad, but it's like, you know, I think for a long time that was held up as like, this is the way it's supposed to look. This is the right. only way it's supposed to look. If you're not here, you're not doing the yoga or no. whatever those misconceptions. And I think, you know, accessible yoga and the people that are part of this community and our colleagues have really like done a lot to push the conversation toward like, actually yoga is not this one thing, right. but it can be all these things, right? Like, it can be, it can look a lot of different ways. And we don't want to, like you said, like get so stuck on the binary of like, it always has to be gentle or it always has to be practiced from a chair because there's like so many other things that you could do. And I love how yes. you've been showcasing that on Instagram with the remixes, yes. which for those of you that are not on Instagram, it's like someone's video. And then Jeevana kind of does a riff off of that next to it on the same video. Y'all yeah. have to go check it out. <laughs> we'll link so the Instagram fun. account in the I can't, I can't stop it. Like my daughter is helping me. That's the other thing. It was really fun because she showed me how to do it. Like you have to be 16 to figure out these things. And like, she showed me like, Oh, this is how you do it. And then she was editing them for me. And like, we're doing it together, which was really fun. And then she told me yesterday, she's like, you're doing too many. You need to stop. <laughs> she's their social media um, guru. <laughs> like, yeah, she's just tired of them. embarrassing. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm like, I really love it. It's so much fun. Like, I'm addicted to them. I love it. Um, but, okay, so that, but there's another side of this, which is, I think, something we talked about this season, um, which is that sometimes I think accessible yoga is a little misunderstood and i feel like there's this overuse of the term it's almost become like mainstreamed you know it's where it loses its meaning yeah like everyone's using the hashtag accessible yoga and things aren't necessarily accessible <laughs> and that's a whole nother story but mm -hmm. i mean there's that also there's this idea that accessible yoga is a way to like get your um non-conforming students to fit into like some weird box right you know what i mean like oh we want you to fit in with us so you can we'll make yoga accessible to you so you can do what we're all doing and that's not the point right it's about everyone being equal in this space mm -hmm. and everyone being having equal power and being seen right and also letting go of this idea of physically more advanced being more advanced right yeah, I think that the way that, you know, ableism shows up in the world, right, where we mm -hmm. have this sort of like, no pain, no gain, we should do the most advanced version of whatever it yeah. is that we're doing, you know, the sort of like binary of, um, well, I think it's connected to capitalism, I think it's connected to all these things where like, our productivity yeah. or what we can do or our ability is connected to like, how worthy we are. And I think yeah. we're trying to flip that on its head and say, you know, it's not necessarily about 
doing the most or I don't know, lifting your leg the highest or whatever, that actually a lot of times people with disabilities or marginalized, marginalized identities or whatever, people that have been underestimated, let's say in the, in the world of yoga or even, you know, wider than that in the world of like sports and fitness and wellness and all of that are often some of the biggest innovators that we have. Right. Like Mm -hmm. I know whenever I have led an accessible yoga training or worked with a group of people who, you know, were very like diverse in, in our differences. I always learn something new. I always see something that I've never thought of before because I know right? I, I'm not in that body. I don't have that lived experience necessarily in the same way. And so I really just think that so many of us realize the like the asset that it is to have people in our community who are who live a different experience than we do because they're going to bring fresh ideas and perspectives and innovate in ways that we can't even imagine. Right. We actually celebrate conformity when it's so boring and what's more exciting is difference. And like the way you don't fit in, that's the, like, I feel like I'm really working on that myself. Like I, you know, how can I celebrate the things that are different about me rather than how I'm the same? Um, I think that's been huge for me personally, and I'm still working on it. Um, but I feel like that's so healing on such a deep level to embrace that. And I know for me and my students, like, I totally agree. Like that when I, every time I would, run a training, I would see some new innovative way to practice I'd never seen before. And that's after teaching for, I mean, I've been teaching for almost 30 years. And it's still incredible to me that people can be so creative. And I love that. I get excited when someone comes in and they show me something else or they practice in it or move their body in a different way. You know, that's exciting. Right. You know, it's like doing it the same. So what? Boring. We've seen it. Let's see something new. <laughs> and the same for me in my practice. Like, I really work on that. Like, what do I value in my own practice? Like, mm-hmm. when I'm moving all by myself or doing some poses, what am I trying to find? You know, am I trying to like conform mm-hmm. or am I just exploring and playing around? You know, and it, it really changes my practice mm-hmm. um, to let go sometimes of that those externals. Um, so what else, what else have we talked about this season, Amber, that has stuck in your mind? Anything? I mean, I think another theme that maybe we always touch on, but keeps coming up is, um, the idea of ways to keep our students safer. Safety is always, I think at the front of our minds, most of us yoga teachers and, um, and inclusion, even though we don't really use that word too much, inclusion, I guess, implies there's a group we're including you in, but equity and, you know, finding Mm -hmm. ways to make sure that everybody that is participating in the class, the community event, whatever, um, has equal, I don't know, is seen equally, has equal power, has the same opportunity and invitation to experience everything. So that, that's something that keeps coming up. Yeah. It's, I mean, we had some amazing, Yes. Should we talk about some of them? Um, you know, recently I interviewed Matthew Sanford. That was an incredible conversation. 
I hope people go back and listen to him. He's, he's just like a, I don't know what the word is, almost like a poet. Like he'll just say something and I'm like, what? Like he, what did he say? He said something in that episode about, I can't remember. And I was like, hug, the, not hug the tree, but like be the tree, like be near a tree and like let yourself be the tree or something. I was just like, what are you talking about? <laughs> like, he's just like blows my mind. But, um, he's so, so deep in that way. It's, he's a philosopher. Anyway, that was beautiful. <laughs> I also got to interview Nishula Davy, who's one of my first teachers. Mm-hmm. That was really fun. Mm-hmm. Um, and then some people have new books out like Octavia Rahim and Jacoby Ballard. I think we had Michelle Cassandra Johnson, her, the new edition of Skill in Action had just come out. Mm-hmm. Um, who else? Uh, Reggie Hubbard, we, we replayed his keynote from oh, yeah. our um, Accessible Yoga Conference. Oh my God, I love him. Talking about politics and whether or not they belong in yoga. Spoiler yeah. alert, we think they do. You haven't yeah, really, been listening. No <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, like I feel like there's a lot of great conversations, and podcast is so much fun. Like it's get it's a really great thing to be able to talk to all these people mm-hmm. um, and to share their work with the world. So I, I hope people will go back and just scan through this season and see if there's something that seems interesting to them. Yeah, we're gonna we'll link to all the the topics and the guests that we mentioned when in the show notes. So definitely click over to the website if you're like subscribed and listening to this. Um, cause there's a lot of links to the stuff we've been talking about. Yeah. So do you want to talk about what's coming up, um, with accessible mm-hmm. yoga? The podcast is going to take a short break after this episode, probably for at least like a month or two, um, little summer break <laughs> Yeah. and we'll be back in September. Um, but before we do that, what's what's new at Accessible Yoga? Station? Well, the biggest thing that's happening is we're we've created our own online portal. It's the Accessible Yoga Community um, through a new software system, and what we're trying to do is create kind of a destination for people. Rather, I, I think what's happened is like we've grown quickly, but over a long period of time. And so our online presence is a bit scattered and we're trying to really consolidate it into one platform. So coming up in a few weeks, we're going to be launching it publicly. Uh, it's going to come out for our ambassadors first and then to the public, just this, it's like a new online space where we can connect and communicate with each other and where people can access all of our programming. So people can find our, well, they can find the podcast. This podcast will be there, find our blog, they can find our free community forums, which is a monthly conversation on, on our monthly theme. Um, they can communicate with each other. There's kind of like a, a it's like a private social know. network kind of, right? Yeah, exactly. I don't want to say, it, but a private social network to move away from some of those other social networks that are a bit of a, mm, I don't know, a bit overbearing on overbearing. our privacy. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, we'll still be over there a bit, but we'd like to shift to this own place where people who are really interested in accessible yoga can kind of find a, a safer, quieter home Yeah, uh, to have conversations about these topics of accessibility and equity in yoga. Mm-hmm. And hopefully be able to connect with one another, too, because, you know, I think that the networking sort of capabilities of this private space we're creating will be more so than the... Um, the Facebook group on its own. Yeah. I mean, exactly. I think it'll 
spark conversations in a different way. Mm-hmm. Um, so there'll be a place for our ambassadors who are our members that support us. Thank you, ambassadors out there, if we you're listening. We love you and you keep us <laughs> afloat. Um, you know, and y'all, we can put a link in about the ambassador program. Yeah. You can, you know, join to become a member and get free access to our monthly programs um, and other special perks, including monthly meetups and mentor sessions uh, with incredible people focusing on, you know, professional education, professional growth, stuff like that, continuing education. Um, And then the other new thing we're doing is within that new online community, the accessible yoga community, we're going to have a studio. So there'll be an online studio where people can study with you and me and all of our, not all, but a lot of our other community members will have um, content there. So it'll be a place people can find um, dedicated, accessible yoga content to explore and practice with themselves and with their friends and family and their students. Uh, And I'm excited about that and the possibilities that it will create for us. Mm -hmm. You know, I feel like there's a lot of potential growth there for us as an organization. Definitely. And, you know, I think it's very exciting to think about having a online yoga studio channel, whatever, where it is all accessible yoga content, you know, like folks can seek that stuff out themselves. And of course there's a few teachers who have their own channels, but, you know, we're hoping to, um, feature, you know, when we start to feature some of the folks that y'all maybe already know from the accessible yoga community, some of our board members and other teacher leaders. But our hope is that as we go along, we'll be able to showcase folks that people haven't heard of that are doing mm-hmm. amazing work in their own communities and with their own, you know, affinity groups and populations and everything that we'll, we'll be able to have really some specialized content that you can't find anywhere else. And that's going to be really useful and practical too, not only to the students or whoever wants to practice with it, but I think to teachers who want to learn like new and creative ways to build mm-hmm. community and, and foster this sort of like individuality within community that we've been talking about. Yes, it's going to be awesome. Um, and again, that's going to launch in the next few months. So look out for that. Um, and we also have, we continue, we are continuing with our monthly themes. Um, August will be yoga and environmental and environmental justice, which I'm very excited about. So we can learn more about that connection between yoga and the environment and the importance of that right now. Uh, September's theme is yoga and cancer. And then in October, we have our yearly conference will be online, the Accessible Yoga Conference online. The theme this year is going to be moving from me to we, which is really about that community care that we've been talking about. And we have some amazing presenters. I can mention a few of them. I can't, not everyone signed contracts, but I know that we're going to have people like um, Susanna Barkataki, Thajil Patel, Nikki Myers. I have to look at my list. Teo Drake. Chetna Mehta, I don't know if you know her, um, and Ingrid Yang, lots of other incredible people, you know, probably 30, 40 presenters sharing on all aspects of yoga and accessibility. Oh, and then even more exciting, well, not more exciting, but also <laughs> right before the conference, oh, and that conference is going to be October 14th through 16th, and basically you can... Um, 
even if you can't join live or go, come to all of it, you get access to all the content for a year. So if you sign up, you'll still get access to it later. But just before we begin on Friday evening, October 14th, we're going to have a, um, that afternoon, we'll have a free pre-conference intensive on increasing accessibility with a really great panel of teachers, mostly who have disabilities themselves. Uh, themselves. Matthew Sanford, Ryan McGraw, um, Donna Noble, and Natalia Tabillo. And I'll be moderating. And it's going to be a really amazing couple hours, really reflecting on accessibility in yoga. And that's a free event that people, anyone can join. So I hope people will join us for that as well. That's a star-studded cast you have there. It is exciting group. I'm excited. Yeah. Very excited. Um, yeah, so there's lots of exciting things coming up. I mean, we always have our blog. We have these podcasts. You know, we got a lot going on. Uh, maybe too much, honestly, but <laughs> <laughs> there's no reason not to get involved because I feel like we have something for everyone. Um, yeah. And I mean, I want to thank our incredible staff. I just want to say mm -hmm. who put it all together. Like I can maybe say, um, you know, Brina, Robin, Deanna, M, Tan, Garrett and Tiff. Thank you all so much. Um, Thank you, Sarah, also for helping with Facebook. We've got a beautiful group and also an amazing board. So thank you to our board for making this all possible. Oh, I had another thought. You know, going back to that studio for a minute, we're creating this new online studio. Not only will this be an online studio dedicated to accessibility, but it's also run by a nonprofit. And I'm not sure there's really any kind of nonprofit online studio focused on this out there in the world that now I think that's special because we're not going to be profit oriented. Our goal is education and um, that's our mission really is we're an educational organization. So um, I feel like we can we can create a platform that's a little different than others uh, because of that. And I think we're doing it already, but I'm excited to grow into these new ways. Yeah, definitely. And then what about you, Amber? What's up with you? I know that you're, I hate to say it, but your, your <laughs> term is Coming to the end ending. of my term, I know, I'm expiring. Um, <laughs> not like that. Uh, I've been on the Accessible Yoga Board for four years, and I've been president for two years. And so it's time to literally and figuratively pass the mic. So that's going to happen. Um, October is the official end of my term, and I will be... The last blast of me as president will be the opening of the Accessible Yoga Conference. And I'm excited to punish mm -hmm. you all with another DJ set for our dance party. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, I, I'm going to be stepping down as president and very excited to be welcoming Anjali Rao in as our new incoming president. She's been serving as vice president for the past year, I guess. Um and uh, has guest hosted a po one podcast, maybe more. Yeah, already. Um, so Anjali is going to be joining Jeevana on the podcast um, to uh, really like add her uh, vision as far as where she sees the organization going um, as president of the board. The board, you know, for those of y'all that don't really, you know, get to in the nitty gritty of how this organization runs, like it's a really collaborative effort between the board and the staff and the board, um, you know, has a lot of, uh, a lot invested in the direction of the organization and the topics and the speakers and how we choose to get the message out. And then our staff makes it happen. 
And so I'm really excited to have Anjali um, driving things and pushing forward, you know, some of these conversations that I'm really grateful to have been a part of over the last four years or, you know, before that too, um, in my own teaching and work. And so, um, yeah, it's sad to be leaving, but I'm not leaving. I'm still going to I'm going to join as an ambassador and <laughs> continue to Aww. be part of all the accessible yoga events and things like that, but just in a little bit of a different role, but more behind the scenes. And so I'm just so grateful for the time that I've been able to um, contribute to this organization and the amazing friendships that I've made and colleagues that um, I've gotten to know and my amazing students and people that have studied with me that are now leading in this space. Like it's super exciting to see the work move forward like that. And when I first started blogging about body positive yoga, like more than a decade ago, I did not think that Mm -hmm. it would be, you know, that fat yogis would be in Gatorade ads and, and Nike ads. And, you know, like not that that's like the, I guess, litmus test of success. But what I'm saying is this conversation in the yoga world has been pushed from like we were talking about that sort of top down yoga celebrity teaching situation to now, like you said, accessible yoga has become mainstream, right? Body positivity has become mainstream to where like it's even being co-opted. And like, to me, that does mean something. That means that there has been significant change. Um, Whenever the capitalists start to notice that they can make money off of a marginalized population. We know that at least we've gotten that into the conversation. Right. And so it's really, um, it's really interesting and amazing for me to see like the ways that, um, the conversation has changed from sort of like, you know, at very basics, fat people can do yoga, disabled people can do yoga to now, like a lot of marginalized people are leading in this space and in this industry. And I don't think that's an accident. You know, we were talking earlier about how people with uh, different lived experience, people who are underserved and underestimated by, say, the mainstream of any system, whether that's yoga and wellness or any anything else, um, are often our greatest innovators. And so, yeah, of course, it doesn't surprise me that yeah. this community has pushed forward through COVID, um, that we've figured out ways to pivot in a lot of time, a lot of cases and um, where some people haven't. And I think that that existing in a body, an identity, uh, you know, a lived experience that, uh, where a way is not always made for you means that you make your own way and you have to be creative and you have to be resourceful. And Mm -hmm. that I think shows leadership and that shows, the depth of understanding of this practice. And so I've been really grateful to be part of that community. And, and I'm so excited to see the new directions that um, these conversations are going to go and that accessible yoga will go. I think the, the online studio is super exciting. Mm-hmm. I'm really excited to be making some content for that soon and um, to help kick it off. And yeah. Yay. Like well, I'm not going to let you leave so easy, by the way. <laughs> so, I mean, I'm sure you'll be back here. Yeah, I'll be uh, back. I am. I'm afraid so. I, I, I'm going to keep calling you. <laughs> you keep bugging you. me. I don't usually say no to you, but. 
thankfully. <laughs> Yay! All right. Well, thanks, Amber. Thanks for everything and for for this great season. And mm-hmm. thanks everyone for listening. Yeah, thank y'all um, for tuning in to our rambles. Yeah. <laughs> and I hope you'll join us again next season and um, join us, you know, at the new accessible yoga community online, um, or just somewhere else. Follow us on Instagram or say hi. We'll see y'all on the internet. All right. Thanks, Amber. Talk to you soon. Okay. Bye. Okay. Bye. Thanks for joining us for the Accessible Yoga Podcast. We're so grateful to be in community with you. Please check out our website, accessibleyoga.org, to find out more about our upcoming programs, including our annual Accessible Yoga Conference. At our website, you can also learn more about how to become an Accessible Yoga Ambassador and support the work that we are doing in the world. Please subscribe to the podcast and leave us a review wherever you listen. We'd love to hear your thoughts. You can also submit a question or suggest a topic or potential guest you'd like us to interview at accessibleyoga.org. See you next time.